Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's good to be back with you all today, and as always, I'm going to be joined by my right-hand man and, of course, the star of our show, Mr. Joe Kaleo of Kaleo Wealth Management and UBS. And we're going to be unpacking another wealth management-related topic here on the show today. And to kind of frame up the conversation, we're, we're looking at it towards entrepreneurs and their, their lens today. And as an entrepreneur, uh, are you really doing what it takes to help your employees, uh, freelancers, maybe any other team members that you have engage fully with both your company as well as kind of the specific tasks that it takes to accomplish and generate success, you know, accomplish their task that helps generate success. So today we're going to be examining three really key moves that you can be utilizing to help your, your people, your employees, those freelancers do their best, right? To provide the most out of their job. So really the title of today's episode, three moves that uh, can help you get the most from your people. Let's go ahead and bring Joe on and open up the conversation. Joe, good to see you today. How are you doing, sir? Ryan, doing great. Good to see you. Glad you're here. Hopefully everyone's having a great day at home. We're having a great day here at the office. Good. Love to hear it, Joe. Uh, this is a good one. You know, we always, I mean, this is such a prominent topic. So many people talking about productivity and how you can maximize the output of employees and whatnot. That's kind of the gist of today's conversation. So let's start kind of from a high level. We're talking about this idea of, of really getting entrepreneurs to help their employees unify around that company vision, around those goals. In your experiences, Joe, how big of a topic or conversation point is this maybe among yourself or even your clients? I think it's paramount and it may be the top topic, right? For business owners, even team leaders to be thinking about, right? Because how are you getting the most of your employees? How are you getting them to be motivated, staying engaged all the way down? So whether it's employees, independent contractors, other key members of your team, all of them have to push hard towards the overall goals of the business and making that business their concern as well. And that consumes time and energy for entrepreneurs as well as team leaders. So it's not a new concern, but I would say it's a growing concern again, especially when we've gone through what we've gone through. I mean, the pandemic deeply impacted the workplace environment for companies large and small. Many of them, traditional dynamics between owners and staff shifted. It changed due to factors such as remote working, the so-called great resignation, Saw tens of millions of people quit their jobs looking for something better or even exiting the workforce entirely. Yeah. So, so would you say that that's kind of shift or change that dynamic in the workplace between business owners and employees and, and the way those owners then motivate people? Yeah, I think by and large, yes. Right, Ryan? I mean, your people, both the existing ones and the ones you're looking to hire going forward, want some new and different things from their careers that they didn't have prior to the pandemic. So that means as an owner or as a team leader, you need to rethink your assumptions about what employees are looking for and what it means to manage well. So you've got to create some new systems to effectively motivate and engage your people and get the most from them. Sure. And, and Joe, I mean, the whole gist of today's conversation is sharing three pieces really of, of key information that employers or entrepreneurs can use to kind of leverage, uh, you know, their people in a powerful manner. Let's start with that first piece of advice. What do you have for us here? Yeah, I think the first one here to think about is re-engagement or engagement in general. Employee motivation and engagement are hardly novel, right? That we've talked about these before. 
Several years ago, though, a Gallup poll revealed that businesses with highly engaged employees experience a 17% increase in productivity and a 41% reduction in absenteeism. That's powerful, right? But do you know what actually engages your people? At its core, employees' engagement reflects the emotional ties that they have to employees, to the company, and its goals. It's a fundamentally deeper and stickier factor than things like worker satisfaction or salary rates. You can have satisfied workers who are happy with their pay, but who remain unengaged overall. Companies that cultivate policies and practices that build emotional connections between people, that's when the businesses really start to tend to thrive. And we see the best results in productivity, commitment, and longevity of employment. Sure. And Joe, I mean, yes, that sounds great. I mean, getting getting the employees to have that emotional buy-in, it's paramount. But for our audience, do you have any maybe thoughts on action steps that those entrepreneurs can be taking to really re-spark that engagement? I think you have to have an obvious establishment of clear goals. When asked what would improve their performance the most, approximately one-third of disengaged workers said greater clarity about what the organization needs me to do and why. And we hear that time and again. Measurable goals give your people quantifiable outcomes to work toward. And team-oriented goals can facilitate collaboration and cooperation that boost both individual and group engagement. You're likely to recognize the importance of goal setting, right? And as soon as you do it, you'll know, right? Do you involve your employees and other key stakeholders in developing, setting, and then measuring those goals? So that's a key step. That can buy, that can, that can boost the buy-in then of the employees that are overall engaged or trying to get engagement. And that overall engagement thing comes more when they're bought in. So that way they're not overlooked or underutilized. So you don't have to have you don't have to incorporate every idea that people bring to the table, but making them part of the goal identification process, what the goals should be, how to measure them, and what to set is incredibly important. Ryan, another strategy though that we need to talk about and may be particularly effective, especially post-pandemic, is increasing the amount of time you give for questions and feedback. Greater communication between you and your employees enables key concerns and issues to be voiced. Helping to better anticipate problems can also help you resolve them. So frequent check-ins, for example, that can boost the amount of real-time feedback employees get and help them set smaller micro goals of importance for, for both themselves as well as your firm. Now, these are great points, Joe. Let's let's shift now over to that second big piece of advice. Obviously, the first piece being that re-spark of engagement among employees. What do you have for us uh, when it comes to, you know, people and their teams? Anything on this front? Yeah, Ryan, I think one of the things that we've seen now more than ever are creating an environment and allowing for workplace flexibility. The work-from-home business model that became the new norm for a lengthy period of time out of necessity is continuing to influence how staffs want to work and in some cases will work for the foreseeable future. So certainly the pandemic didn't change all the rules of the workplace, but it might have forever altered how people are motivated to get the job done for their employers. So let's go through a couple of examples. In one survey, 58% of workers want jobs offering a hybrid model, part-time in the office, part-time working from home. 
many of those workers also, though, want flexibility in terms of where and when they work. 78% want location flexibility. 95% want schedule flexibility. So that means looking for ways to create, to the extent possible, a flexible environment. So it, it fosters motivation, while it also allows people to strike a balance between work and pleasure. Sure, Joe, but but the, that level of flexibility is going to depend a lot based on the specific type of company or employer you are. So what do you have to say to that when folks, yeah, sure, they want to offer that flexibility, but you know, at the same time, they have to stay true to who they're, you know, how their company operates and what made them successful in the first place. Absolutely. You may have even seen Elon Musk talk about that in a recent interview uh, a few weeks ago, right? And so in some cases, it's pretty clear cut. Some have to be done at the workplace. But some can be done maybe just as productively as home is in the office. And top workers, though, in those jobs may actually thrive outside the office. But there are roles that have to be considered in the office in a team environment where people have to collaborate. So that said, it doesn't necessarily label jobs as always in or always out. Flexibility may become the new edict, right, that makes you say going forward, Let's consider what we can do. General Motors, the supply line has to be done at work, right? We get that. So determine, though, how your various roles can be performed, whether it's at the office or at home. And giving employees a choice or a blend may be helpful. Perhaps you can make a few changes at various tasks that make a particular job more remote friendly. When a job is structured to integrate into any environment like that, your people could potentially end up being more productive regardless of where they're working on a given day. Flexibility, Ryan, though, can also go beyond the hybrid work arrangement into other areas to help create a positive motivational environment. Options that more business owners are exploring and implementing include childcare facilities, pet-friendly areas, parental leave, and mental health days all of which can potentially strengthen people's emotional connection to their employer that in turn can help fuel engagement. All right, there you have it, folks. First one being kind of that re-spark of engagement. Then we've got just really the environment in which the work is done, how you can motivate people that way. Joe, I know your your third big strategy when we want to talk today surrounds this idea of, of wellness in the workplace. Talk to me about this one. Ryan, not surprisingly, health and safety have become increasingly important issues to many workers, and especially over the last few years. The data on wellness programs that so many businesses implement doesn't reveal a huge compelling case for their benefits. One study found that the programs delivered little in terms of their cost savings or employee absenteeism. That doesn't mean, though, employee wellness shouldn't be on your radar. It does mean you should think about it creatively. For example, employees' well-being doesn't have to center on blood pressure readings or Fitbits, right? So we get that, the physical wellness. But it might instead promote a company culture that regularly emphasizes the positive impact your business and your people are having in the lives of their clients or even your community if relevant. So it's not just as warm and fuzzy window dressing. When people feel they're part of something bigger than them, that they're contributing meaningfully to the world around them. They tend to be happier and more fulfilled as workers and as people. 
Think about what you do and the far-reaching impact it has or could have, and instill that attitude and messaging throughout your business. Also, model good wellness behavior yourself. When you as the owner are open to your own health and take part and take action, showing that you value it, it sends that message to your people that well-being is part of the company culture. Sure. Health is wealth at the end of the day. Joe, when we're looking at these three strategies that you've you've outlined here today, uh, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up today's discussion, is there any one of those three strategies that you find is maybe especially important in today's day and age more so than any of the others? I don't know that it's uniformly to any one business. I think, Ryan, it depends on the life cycle of where the business is at that time. You can see one area, one company take one area or need one area more than the other. So it depends a little bit more on the individual company's goals and the team that's in place to pursue those goals. It's certainly possible that some other idea may be the best approach for a certain business owner. Ultimately, I'd say, though, that getting all you can from your team in the years ahead is going to take smart planning and savvy decision-making as employees' preferences evolve and the factors that best motivate them shift. And we see generational shifts because we see generational preferences. So it's important to understand what's important to your people. And that way, the more you understand your own people and what's important to them, you'll be able to maximize your ROI on the important assets. And that's often the people that drive your success. Oh, of course, of course, Joe. And and Joe, I know, you, I mean, you have these types of conversations with, you know, you, some of your client base, you know, in that advisory type role. So for anybody in our audience that, you know, let's say they're taking a piece of value away from this, uh, you know, maybe they themselves are an entrepreneur or a business owner and, and recognize the value of one of these three steps that we laid out. And maybe, maybe it's, they're seeing some value in opening up a discussion with somebody like yourself to just pick your brain, get open up that dialogue and talk about how one of these three factors would impact their business specifically. Joe, what would be one of the better ways that somebody can get in touch with you and your team to, like I said, just open up that dialogue? Yeah, Ryan, we have these conversations even within our own team, right? And so I can share even my personal experiences or what I've seen other business owners go through. And since that's who we're helping, right? Other teams and other leaders. And so we'd be happy to engage in a conversation, give us a phone call, shoot us an email. We're happy to have that conversation and share what we've, what we've seen and learned. Fantastic. Well, Joe, I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot of clients to serve, so we'll let you get back to doing that. But I appreciate you jumping on here and diving into these three ways that we can really maximize the most from our employees and our people to ultimately drive a, a more successful and innovative business. So good stuff today and uh, uh, looking forward to being on the next one with you. Thanks, Ryan. Good to see you. Oh, good to see you as always, Joe. And hey, folks, we're going to take a final moment and thank you for stopping by and being with us on the show today. If you took something away from today's discussion and you benefited from it in any way, shape, or form, make sure you hit that subscribe button then on whichever platform you did check us out on today so you don't miss out on a future episode where Joe and myself, maybe one of our guests down the line, we jump on here and dive into different wealth management topics so that you and yours can come out better for it on the other side. Before Joe, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long now, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us on Your Money and a Cup of Joe.
This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash Relationship Summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AEG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated. Office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.